questions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a medical droid to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Hello, welcome everyone to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. We are here yet again. We will never leave you because we need you. Well, I need this show. If I didn't have this show, Dave, I don't know what I would do with myself. I think I would just resort to talking to the wall about Star Wars. About Star Wars? Yeah. You would you you'd start talking to your your uh, figures on your on your table just like I do. Yeah. Or I would start talking to that invisible friend I had when I was five years old again. <laughs> so lonely. Such a lonely childhood. Such a lonely childhood. Yeah, wow. so I need this show. I need to speak to the masses, express my feelings and my thoughts on Star Wars. And holy poop, David, <laughs> this episode was unbelievable. Definitely not what I was expecting. Far from it. I mean, we they just... We thought we would get like allusions to Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. at the end, but we just go, nah, fuck it. Here we go. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like, all right. I was not expecting for them to say, hey, Grievous is attacking Coruscant. Coruscant. Like, Holy shit. This is Revenge of the Sith. It's Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> so to find out, dude, that the things happening during Revenge of the Sith are essentially at the same time. happening at the same time as the Siege of Mandalore. And we are finally here at the Siege of Mandalore. How long, Dave, have we heard about the Siege of Mandalore and we're finally here? Oh, very, uh, for a long, long time. It, it, it's one of those events in Star Wars that has been alluded to even in like the series after Clone Wars and Rebels. They always alluded to it with, yeah. uh, with uh, Sabine's storyline, mm-hmm. the, the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Which should be really interesting because, like, at this point, I was, like, thinking, oh, Anakin and Ahsoka are going to be fighting side by side again. And Anakin and especially Obi-Wan is going to be here helping w- with the Siege of Mandalore because Obi-Wan has a very personal vested interest in all this. But suddenly they say, no, you have to go save Palpatine uh, from uh, General Grievous on Coruscant. Yeah. And I'm like going, okay, so we're not going to see Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul then, which makes sense. Well, that does make sense, especially since, I mean, Rebels. Yeah, they don't see each other till the very end of Rebels. Yeah, so, Dave, again, nothing prepared me for this. (laughs) No. Now, the Siege of Mandalore is the third and final arc of the seventh season of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Yep. And it is episode nine of season seven titled Old Friends Not Forgotten. That's the specific episode we're going to be talking about today and breaking down. 
And there's a lot to sort through. There's going to be some oogling fan moments. Then there's going to be some bigger picture moments. I even picked up on some hints that we actually might get more mall. There's a line, Dave. And tell me if this is just me being an uber Star Wars nerd and wanting and hoping, even though I don't really want and hope I really do and I don't. (laughs) When Obi-Wan said, keep an eye on Darth Maul, he seems to never die. (laughs) Yeah. Now we know he's coming back in Rebels. We know this. We know this. But we all know this. And now, yes, that can be kind of a wink, wink. Hey, guys, he's going to be back in Rebels. We already know this. Or is this something bigger? Are we going to get another resurrection of Maul? Well, you'd expect something like. (sighs) Because it sounds bad as we talk about it right now out loud in my mind. It sounded cool. But as I'm saying it right now out loud, it sounds kind of stupid. Another resurrection of Maul. However, we are talking about Dave Filoni. And yeah. he seems to be able to make a lot of things work. And you gotta, you gotta actually explain too. Prior to this whole series in Rebels, they made allusions to Maul that he was wandering the galaxy looking for stuff. So something had to affect him. Remember, he went after a holocron. That's that's the, his whole story in connection with uh, yeah. with Ezra, right? So, and that affected him so greatly. You'd expect something like, okay, Ahsoka probably thinks she kills Maul, but something resurrected it. It was something saves him at the last minute. Right. You know, and then that's, that leads us to Maul going on his crazy way and getting to Ezra. Because you gotta remember by the time he gets to rebels, Maul's a very different person at this point, at that point. He's a bit more crazed. He's, he's more mature. Yeah, I would. You know what? Yeah, I would agree with that. He's 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 almost like he's been scarred. I think he still is driven by the same things because that was the point in Rebels when Obi Wan finally kills him. Spoiler alert. Yes. Um, and he says, "You, my friend, have not changed. I have." Yeah. So I I don't think his motivations, the fact that he it was and he was driven by anger. And he's still a slave to the dark side. That will never change. But yes, when it comes to the, the, his sanity, it seems like he's teetering in, in Star Wars Rebels. Especially when he makes the, the my favorite moment is when he fir, first runs into Ahsoka and says, oh, they send the paddle along. Okay, so let's tackle that for a second. So, okay, now we already know at this point, Maul is doing the bidding of Palpatine. At least that's what we that's what uh, that, we think. that's what we think now but because you got to remember the last time we saw Maul before this he was being tortured by Palpatine right because they they had that great duel Savage Opress gets killed and then Palpatine tells Maul no I'm not going to kill you I have other uses for you still and then he like obliterates him with lightning and that's the last thing we see and here is Maul screaming that's it yes so it doesn't mean that Maul is not doing both. He could easily be doing the bidding for Palpatine currently, but he can also be working on his own thing from the back end. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it seems pretty obvious that yes, he has his own hatred towards Obi-Wan. That but, will never but change. Also, you get the idea, and all these answers will be revealed within the next three episodes here, but you get the idea that even 
the siege of Mandalore was put into effect or put into action by Palpatine. It seems like he wanted to bait Obi-Wan so that he can separate the two of them. Cause you got to remember exactly. You got to yeah. remember this is at the end of the clone wars. Yes. Palpatine knows that the jig is almost up, that he's going to get figured out eventually here any day now. And his number one goal is to turn Anakin and to make it be or to make it seem to Anakin that it's his idea. And the best way to do that is to divide and conquer. Well, yes. Do you remember what he wanted him to do in Revenge of the Sith in the very opening minutes? He wanted him to kill Dooku. Yes. So if Obi-Wan's tagging along, it would be a lot harder to goat him into killing Dooku. Yes. Because circumstances, Obi-Wan was knocked out. Palpatine was able to do what he wanted, right? Yeah. But it seems like this is also his plan right now to keep them separate. I want Anakin to rescue me so I can push him farther or further into the dark side, Obi-Wan, you go take, you go take care of Maul. Because when Maul says you're not the right Jedi, you get the idea that they were trying to bait Obi-Wan there for a very specific reason. Yes. And it seems more elaborate than just simply revenge. And if you think about it, it makes sense now, the whole story of Palpatine's manipulation of everything. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, he has to, he has to be the manipulator of this as well. Yeah. He has to be. And we all know that he was the manipulator about, Ahsoka leaving the Jedi temple because he's the one that set everything up and he's trying and he's trying to separate Anakin Anakin he's trying to isolate him from anyone and that's what that's why I really liked is like it right from the get-go Filoni tackled one of the many questions that fans everywhere were wondering is did Anakin Ahsoka ever fuck (laughs) well some of us <laughs> that's a question that, oh that's not but, the question but I like that was the question if 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 ahsoka knew anakin was being set up she would do everything in her power to try to save him so you separate ahsoka at this point yeah and separate her out put her you know she has to deal with the siege of mandalore she's got to actually help you know the mandalorians with their freaking never ending civil war that's going on. Yeah. And then she has to also deal with Maul. Well, also remembering that Ahsoka has been away for a while now. Yes. And because she's been away, we discussed this a few episodes ago. She seems to have the ability now to see the mistakes that the Jedi have made. And a lot of that, yes, is her intuition, her wisdom as a Jedi, but also you got to remember the, Shadow of the Sith, the dark side, is preventing the Jedi Council from seeing things clearly. Mm-hmm. They, they have said as much in the movies. Yes. And now that Ahsoka has removed herself from that shadow, she can now see things without the haze of the dark side interfering. And she's seeing that the Jedi have, they have, I don't think they've stated it like this. This is the first time they have stated this because there's a lot of illusions. We have talked about this and speculated now for years. This is the first time they actually state that the Jedi have lost their way. Yes. Ahsoka said, you are playing politics. She finally said it. Finally, someone voiced it. Voiced it. We have been talking about this forever, David, and they finally (laughs) make it clear. And it's a Jedi. It's no longer, you know, speculative. It is clear. 
yes, Luke said it in Revenge of, or in The Last Jedi. He alluded to it. The Jedi, you know, had lost their way, essentially, and they were under the control of a Sith Lord, Darth Sidious, but it was not said like that. You are playing politics. You are putting politics over the people once again. And the fact that Soka took Obi-Wan to task. Yes. Dude, that's talk about phase 27 of Ahsoka's character arc, her character growth. Well, do you realize that while, yes, this helps Ahsoka's character growth and we, it gets to show us her maturity. This also affects Anakin's story because the whole time you see Anakin and he wants to have like this, he wants to have this bonding moment because she's back in his life Mm -hmm. and she's completely business. She's like, no, I'm here to do this. I'm, you know, he's professional. She's very professional. She's being how you probably should be at this moment. And think about it. Think about the irony about that. Ahsoka grows up, becomes mature. She outgrew Anakin. She outgrew Anakin. How depressing and, is that? And guess what? That leads more to Anakin's downfall because Anakin, you can even tell by, I, I, I love the story that they told there in just a few brief, brief yeah, moments. Anakin seemed kind of like disheartened that what's going on? You know, she's not. Let's play. Let's be friends again. Yeah, what's let's happening? be friends again. And it, like. It shows his immaturity. It, it's almost, it was almost like he was begging to call her snips again yeah but it was like if he were to do that he was afraid to actually offend her in some way because suddenly there's this mature woman in front of him damn that outgrew him yeah the padawan outgrew the master that's the consistency that dave filoni brings to star wars every single time the fact that he's telling his own story parallel to what luke has laid out in the prequels and yet he's not forgetting the ultimate downfall of Anakin the, the, the is not plan. necessarily Padme. Yes, she was probably the nail in the coffin. She's but the straw that broke the camel's back. Yes, but it's his inability to control his emotions. He's immature. He doesn't guard himself emotionally like mm-hmm. a Jedi is supposed to. And the fact that Ahsoka comes in no longer technically a Jedi, although she might be the most Jedi out of all the Jedi there. Them, yeah. She is keeping her emotions in check, even though we all know she truly cares about Anakin because she knows this isn't the time, but Anakin wants to make it the time. Oh, especially it's it's just, it's an, it's an awesome way to just highlight the reasons why Anakin Anakin falls. falls. And and it it just reaches a crescendo, reaches this pinnacle of like Anakin trying to reach out to someone to share an emotional moment with is when he, he number one, he, he when he meets Ahsoka, you mm-hmm. see that. But then he get, he gives her brand new lightsabers. Says, "Hey, I, I I fixed your lightsabers. They're blue, just like freaking his." Yeah. And then it's- all the with all the clone troopers, they're they're all they're all a homage to her. And it's basically it. He, Anakin makes it sound like this is trying him trying to tell Ahsoka hey I still think about you and I miss you well but he but he doesn't say anything one of the biggest problems with people who are overly emotional and there's nothing wrong being overly emotional necessarily but for a Jedi it is but the people that are usually not in control of their emotions are people who can't let go of the past yeah that's very true that's Anakin 
Yes. He's too sentimental. He can't let go of the past. He's trying to relive it. He's trying to relive it. In that very moment when he's giving Ahsoka her lightsabers. And yes, he's happy she's back. And most people would probably do something very similar. But the way he should be acting is the way Ahsoka is acting. The way Obi-Wan is acting. Obi-Wan's happy to see her. That's why he did that smirk when he walked away and, and allowed her to be an advisor. Yes. To the clone army. To the clone army. I'm like, that's the Obi-Wan way because he's all business, but wink, wink. You know, I have some emotions. I yeah. care. And like it, it's, it was such a cool moment just for everyone's narrative com- coming to, gr- uh, just colliding coming, at yeah. one time. Meshing together. Yeah. And like, I'll be honest. I fully related to Anakin because, you know, I'm honest. One of my ma- major character flaws during my therapy sessions with my therapist and my psychologist was oh, let's the fact get that real here. Let's do it. I couldn't, uh, I can, I'm a very sentimental person. I can't let go of the past. I'm always trying to relive it and trying to say, you know what? I really wish I could do this. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. And thinking about the things of the past and I'm watching this and I'm like going, this is, this is, how a person who deals with let's face it Anakin is someone that has mental disabilities he can't he can't he's emotionally emotionally stunted yeah and I give a lot of props to Filoni just the fact that he's able to make this moment so real and relatable to the audience because I wasn't the only one after I watched this episode I saw forums on things saying that that moment was so conflicting for a lot of people because it's tragic. On it's it's re, or, well, it's it's really great and glo- uh, like has a great vibe to it with Ahsoka and seeing her again. She's back in the game. It's what we all want. It's all we wanted. But at the but same time, we know what this means. Everyone, yeah, yeah, everyone's like looking at Anakin, going, "This is it." His first steps. His first steps to the downfall happen here. Yeah. It isn't when he kills Count Dooku. This is a killing Dooku, uh, Count Dooku is a culmination of everything. Right. Think about it. He lost his mom. He lost pretty much everybody. Everybody in Anakin's life, he's lost at one point or another and tried to reclaim it, but he's always failed. And now you get to Ahsoka and he's trying to be, hey, it's Snips. It's me and you together again. This is the best moment of my life. And in a really messed up way, Ahsoka basically starts the domino of Anakin's downfall where she's like going, no, I, uh, you know, I've outgrown that. I'm not, I'm not the girl that you remember. Anymore. Or at least this isn't the time for it. And know? yeah. And suddenly he has to go to Coruscant and get separated with from well, well, Obi-Wan. It just, it, just, it just adds to the conflict. That's, that's, Dude, that's always been about Anakin, that internal conflict. But I, I love the storytelling. Yeah, storytelling is freaking awesome. It's really good. Just to kind of add to the whole Anakin aspect, not only, yes, putting his emotions on a platform there to highlight it, but also his near dangerous arrogance, which again, I loved. It was cool. Oh, that opening fight scene. Man, when he's (laughs) walking up to Obi Wan. And the clones. And there's blaster fire everywhere. And he just, without even thinking, just dodges. He just moves his head slightly so that a blaster bolt doesn't hit him in the head. Dude, dude. Dude, I got chills. I got chills. This 
and not to bring us to a negative point here, but this is the type of shit that we should have gotten with Luke. Yes. Honestly, with Luke, we should have gotten that with Luke. And and I don't want to start a sequel trilogy versus anything here. Okay. Yeah. I enjoy those movies for the most part. Same here. But. Okay. This is this is the type Do of Do you moment. really want me to face did you really expect me to face down the entire first order with my laser sword? Okay. Right? Yeah. Anakin faces down the entire clone <laughs> army without a lightsaber. Dude, is that Filoni saying something, dude? Yes. Is that saying motherfucker, is. we did want that. I wanted it too. I wanted it too. Hey, Filoni's all, I wanted it. And see, I'm just like all of them. And see, his father did it. He should have done it. <laughs> Felt, and maybe it's just my own like little jab that I'm like, yeah. No, I got the I got that vibe okay, too. Okay. Because it seemed like this is exactly what they said in Last Jedi. Like, did you really think I would face down the whole Last Order or First Order? Yeah, we did, Luke. Yeah, we did, Luke. We did. <laughs> you know why? Because your father is that badass. <laughs> yeah, so to see that was just awesome. It was that cool, like, chill vibes, you know, Star Wars nerd vibes. But also, it just says a lot from a writing standpoint where Anakin's at. Because, yes. yeah, that's cool, and that's tons of fucking swagger, but it's also really not the Jedi way. Plus, on top of that, it shows that he's at the peak of his strength at this point. Yep. But just like what you said, it shows that arrogance that basically the war has taken a toll on Anakin, even though he looks badass and he's, he's, he, he, he could take on an entire army like that. You got to remember, so you mean to tell me that a person faces down certain death without a bat of an eye. Normally you would think that person's a psychopath or a sociopath. You got to remember, he also has Jedi reflexes. So stupid, but yeah, so stupid. that's so dumb. But seriously, you, if you remember going back to the pod racing, why was he able to pod race? Because he could see things before they happen before they happen. So him dodging little blaster bolts and stuff like that. I'm like, dude, that's just so on par with everything. <laughs> Anakin. it's a buildup. Yeah, it, it, this is honestly, dude, I, I love I loved it. I loved it, dude. There's so many emotional high points. So this is. And I'm just, and I'm not blowing it because it's brand new. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to say it how it is. This is a perfect episode of Star Wars of not just Clone Wars, just a Star Wars is a perfect story because you had a fantastically formatted act structure. Get all the appropriate beats. You had emotions, you had action. You had massive story reveals. You're per- pushing the mythos of Star Wars further, not just the Clone Wars story, which you definitely did that as well, but also the bigger story of Star Wars, all in 27 minutes. Yes. The emotions, Dave, were so high when he had first seen Anakin, first walked into the, the command center, and Ahsoka was on the hologram. Immediately, you are flooded with all types of emotions and then when Anakin and Ahsoka come face to face once again a bunch of emotions then when uh, Rex tells Ahsoka I'm sorry I didn't bring you a jetpack she's all I don't need one and she just jumps out of the ship gets to the bottom 
takes on 30 some Mandalorians like it's nothing. <laughs> I mean, Dude. that is Star Wars. And people may those those uh, George Lucas haters out there like, oh, jumping around with a lightsaber flipping is stupid. I'm like, that's that's the Jedi. That's, that's swash buckling serial pulpy antics. That's what Star Wars is about. The only reason why we didn't see it in the original trilogy as much as we probably should have was because of technology. Yes. And to see it, to see Ahsoka, how far she's come, become not just as a, as a wise Jedi, but just in her power and her technique is awesome. And again, I don't want to turn this into a David. No, don't, don't goat me. Okay. Don't bait me. I don't want to turn this into a sequel trilogy versus everything else, but okay. I mean, you have Ahsoka doing all that awesome stuff taking out 20 some Mandalorians with blasters, but uh, Ray and uh, Kylo Ren struggled with Snoke's guards. <laughs> yeah. He had Palpatine's <laughs> bloodline and the Skywalker bloodline struggle to take on guards that had no force abilities. And that's the thing is kind of like, that's the, my problem. And I'm going to go yeah. back just for a second. That's my problem with last Jedi. And it always will be. It feels like he never watched Star Wars. It feels like Ryan Johnson just, you know, what, I'm going to focus on a story and not really worry about the nuances of the force and force abilities and the strength of the Jedi. Well, flat out, you downplay the legacy of Star Wars. You downplay it. You basically say, oh, no, the, no one would do that. Of course they did that. It's in Star Wars lore. It's in Star Wars history that people that Jedi Knights and Force wielders were able to take on 50 people 30 people 60 people 100 people if you have the force that's the power of the force and i'm sorry what the the one thing i'm glad you brought this up is the fact that when you take a look at this type of storytelling about the force compare it to the new sequel trilogy the new sequel trilogy downplays it they downplay the fact of the epicness of the the force and say, you know, Rise of Skywalker took us there a bit. Rise of Skywalker took us there, but if you think about it, the first two movies really downplayed it. You know, when it when it comes to Last Jedi, that's the perfect example right there. You have a moment when you have two of the strongest bloodlines, and they're having issue. With six guards. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's bring it back. We're going to get lost in this uh, rabbit hole of. Yes. Or this vortex, the Ryan Johnson, Last Jedi vortex. Um, Dave, you need to talk for a second. I'm having some issues with, you know what? Oh, I need sure. to go to a quick break. Let's okay. go to a quick break. And then when we get back, we'll jump into the rest of the discussion. I'm having some technical yeah, there's difficulties. There's a lot to discuss. <laughs> Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Tits on the stage. Get some tits on the stage. Everybody will forget all of their political beliefs and ideology. Like, who's that hottie McGee? 
Sex sells, man. It really does. Let's put who's who's a woman that you'd like to see as president? That's Thomas. A, that's a politician. Oh. No, I didn't say politician. Okay, just a okay. woman. What's the Mexican lady that has a very thick accent from that sitcom <laughs> with the family? A family show. Oh, Modern Family? Yeah, Modern Family. Like, if you were to put her on that stage and say, hey, she's a Democrat, I think there would be people I'd crossing her. party lines. Yeah, I would vote for what, what, She's married to... Uh, Sophia Vergara. There you go. There you yeah, go. people would be crossing party lines to vote for her. real change at that point. Yeah, all the states that were red now turn in blue. I don't know. Is she born citizen? Who cares? Who cares? She because there's because there's laws. I don't care. Destroying every bit tonight. And you think they matter? When it comes to politics. Well, Michael, I know this is all hypothetical and it's all like tug of cheek and it's satire, but Man, I want to make sure I just I, I bring the entire show to a halt yet again. <laughs> just as I want everyone to know that she can't actually run for president because she's born in Mexico. God, you're the scientist who disappointed everyone after Jurassic Park by saying you're dinosaurs fucking, were like chickens, not dinosaurs at all. You're a goddamn boner killer. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> He's Nobody tight. cares about facts. You know, Bobby and Ryan have told me this about Steve, and I've never seen it until tonight. <laughs> he must be getting really I mean, no more champagne dates. I think you're getting way too comfortable, Steve. I like the old Steve. Just fall in line. All right. For more Rain Man, visit All right, welcome back, everyone, to Star Wars from the Back to Tank. All right, Dave, so let's get into some Obi-Wan stuff. It was nice. Yes. It was nice to see Obi-Wan again in full action. I was hoping we would get a little bit of a story on him. I know his story has been really fleshed out in Clone Wars and, of course, in the sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy, but... I was hoping we'd get something, just a little bit of something in these final episodes. And sure enough, we did. Mm -hmm. Uh, The aspect of the Mandalore and the Bo-Katan moment where he was reminded of a love that never was meant to be. Yes. And the fact that Maul had murdered her, right? Oh, yeah. It's the one time in... Star Wars lore for Obi-Wan where Obi-Wan legitimately showed eight because like he watches Maul kill the love of his, uh, the, uh, a person that he legitimately was falling in love with yeah. in front of him. And it's the one time where we get to see a darker side to Obi-Wan where he's like, I am going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. So to, to have, Dave Filoni write that back into the story. Um, yes, it's not like we need any reminders. We already know it's been it's done and it's a part yeah. of Obi Wan, but it gives us that last bit of personal narrative for Obi Wan before this all closes out. Mm-hmm. I was a little surprised though, because like as I said in the beginning of the show, I literally thought that. Obi-Wan would play a huge part in the Siege of Mandalore because he was one of the first people to interact with the Mandalorians. Yeah. And the fact that he, I I get why he got called away because, hey, Siege on Coruscant, that's where his destiny lies. He has to be there by the side of Anakin. 
okay, I can, and it didn't bother me that much, but I was really surprised that basically, okay, so we're never going to see Obi-Wan that, that narrative of his kind of like his want of revenge on Maul for killing a person that he loved. Yeah, but never culminate. Do we really want to see Obi-Wan? That's not his story and it's not consistent with who Obi-Wan is. Like, yeah, Obi-Wan that's what I was have... like thinking. That's what I was thinking too after I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Because to have Obi-Wan want revenge at the moment of the woman's death, right? That yeah. makes sense because it's in the heat of the moment. Heat of the moment. It's very much on par with the Phantom Menace when Obi-Wan was obviously filled with a bit of anger a little bit when Qui-Gon Jinn was murdered before his eyes. Mm-hmm. It was obvious. He was amped up. There was adrenaline. He wasn't in complete control of his emotions. He was a Padawan at that time, right? Yes. So we know it's in Obi-Wan. So for that to be a thing in another episode to react that way does make sense. But now that time has passed, it serves Obi-Wan's character. I should say it's just, it's just reasoning for Obi-Wan's character and who we know he is to be wise enough to refrain from any type of emotional decision-making. Yes. So for him to put politics or the immediate war over the siege of Mandalore and any said potential revenge, I feel it makes sense. And I don't know if I would have been completely keen on seeing Obi-Wan go after Maul because it doesn't feel like that's Obi-Wan. It wouldn't feel true to his characterization. And I want to ask you about that. If he did, because I thought about it afterwards, I was about to actually say, Mm -hmm. oh, Obi-Wan not being in is a little negative. But then I actually thought about it. If he were there, it would kind of take, do you think it would take away from that final moment and that epic episode of the twin sons in rebels where Obi-Wan looks at Maul and it's one of the moments that I really like where he says, Oh yeah. Well, look what I rise above. Exactly. You're stuck in the past. I am not. I'm not. I I rose above everything. Right. It it would (laughs) diminish that. You think? Yes. Now, if we end up seeing something like that and Filoni makes it work, then I, I would say I would, as long as it works, then I would be on, I'd be in agreement with Filoni. I'm not going to disagree with the man's writing as long as it feels consistent. I'm sure he can make whatever he wants work. But if he doesn't, I'm just fine with that. In fact, that's what I prefer. I prefer him never to see Maul again until that moment. Until that moment. Yeah. So I think it works. I like it. It says a lot about Obi-Wan and Mm -hmm. his maturity as a Jedi. And it's a good contrast to see him and Ahsoka rise above and poor Anakin, poor Anakin. stuck in the past, you know, being, stuck in the past being controlled yet again by his emotions. So I'm excited to see what happens. I have to imagine that the siege of Mandalore is going to be 100% about Ahsoka and Maul. Uh, they're the two characters that we know move on as they are. Yeah. So the Siege of Mandalore, I don't think it's going to have... Okay, now, Filoni did say in an interview recently that the final episodes will play a big part in forever crafting and shaping the Skywalker storyline. 
So we do have that. Yes. We do have that, which those are, that's a bold fucking claim, dude. Well, dude. And when I read that interview, I'm like, hell yes. Honestly, in this episode, I, you know, the, this whole time me and you have covered Clone Wars and Rebels, we've always sang the praises of Dave Filoni. At this point, I have faith in him even more so because of this episode. No, I agree. Because like he was able, do you realize how many things were going on in this episode? Not just Anakin, Obi-Wan and uh, Ahsoka, but you had like calls to rebels when you saw a certain young, young Jedi walking around with, with his, uh, with his master before order six, six, six. And that, Caleb Doom. You saw Kanan. We did? Yeah. No. Yeah, it was in the intro. I was like cracking up. I was going, oh my God, in the battle, it's Caleb. Let me look that up. I I don't It's Caleb Doom and uh, uh, Depa. Is this this from a Reddit post you read? No. You read a lot of those fan sites that. No, I actually read. uh, Hold on. I actually. Kanan and Clone Wars. Clone Wars. He's in the intro. Hmm. And Go ahead. I was like, when I, when I saw that, I'm like, I I even had to do a second take. I was like, going, wait a minute, that those two look very familiar. Rewound it. Then I went online and basically said, yeah, it's Caleb. It's it's Kanan before he becomes, or, or it's Kanan before he becomes Kanan. But like, I, you're right. The 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 fact that Filoni basically said no. I am shaping everything we've worked on. Okay, here, here, hold on one second. So the opening montage in Old Friends Not Forgotten yes. is a tough watch, according to Polygon.com, showing Jedi Masters, Blue Coon, Ayala, Sakura, stationed at the sites of their eventual demise in episode yes. three. I did pick up on that. Revenge of the Sith, Ayala is seen leading her clone troopers. Uh, okay. I, it's almost really foreboding. Long time no see to Paul Bilaba. Yep. In the opening montage, keen-eyed fans will recognize Master Depa Bilaba, a background Jedi who first appeared in Episode 1 The Phantom Menace. At a hollow debriefing, fun fact, there were plans to have Depa debut on Clone Wars in the Scrapped Crystal Crisis. On the Utapa arc, she ultimately played a large role in the Kanan Marvel Comics. Yep. And that's how I recognized Caleb her. Doom as her bad one. Okay, and the and the child that she that's with her. I didn't. Is I, I saw that, but I didn't pick up on who it was. You have to actually remember the comic, and like, I was like going, Maloney was able to actually weave, weave every single person that's important to his story. Yeah. Well, also, Kanan's voice was heard in Rise of Skywalker talking to Palpatine's daughter. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened to basically not going in the negative? No, like, that wasn't negative. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> consistency, right? <laughs> consistency. But, like, w- the fact that he was able to do all that, you know that, honestly, this is the best Clone Wars episode for this season, I think. Yeah. Because it sets the table perfectly. It really does. It's, it's, it's really good. I'm like, I'm like... Uh, I, I was telling a uh, I was telling a friend of mine that was watching it uh, the same way, and he, and he had the same feels about it. He's like, "Going, do you think we're gonna see Order Six Six Six, and then these characters?" And I'm like, "Going, would you be surprised? We're at Coruscant at this point. How long is the Siege of Mandalore? 
How long is it going to take? It's probably going to take a couple days. And we know that we have like, what, three episodes left? Yeah, three episodes left. The final, the final episode, I think, is Order 66. Yeah, it's awesome, man. And to see how they're... See, J.J. Abrams for The Rise of Skywalker was tasked with wrapping up and connecting the eight previous films, right? Yes. But Dave Filoni is making that look like chump work. Oh, Because absolutely. he's making things across the entire Star Wars universe work. And he's pushing pieces into place, into the places they need to be. Uh, for example, with Gar Saxon, the yep. mention of that character where we had first seen him in the Son of Dathmir comic, which was unproduced, which was originally unproduced scripts for Clone Wars when the show had been panned. And then, of course, if you're a Star Wars Rebels watcher, he was the main face of the Mandalore Civil War, and he was the person, the individual that proclaimed his allegiance to the Empire and collaborated with Palpatine to be essentially a pawn and yeah. create the Civil War of Mandalore that took place during Rebels. So he's also moving those pieces into play because we had Gar Saxon mentioned, mentioned. specifically by name in this episode. So Filoni is doing a lot of work too. Oh, and also the little nods too. I mean, I wrote it down here on my notes. Ahsoka using the name Fulcrum. That's yeah. the first appearance yep. of Fulcrum. Yep. I noticed that. No, they said that uh, Saw Guerrero had used it, but I don't remember that. I don't remember Saw Guerrero using it, but like for Ahsoka, that ties heavily to Rebels. That's the and name why she, she uses in Rebels. She yeah. uses in Rebels that she's Fulcrum. And like... I'm I'm so stoked. I'm, I'm so it's gonna excited. be bittersweet because yes, yeah. I'm I'm super excited to see the end, but also I'm getting a little Anakin-ish, you know, I'm getting a little sentimental and emotional. I'm like, this is an end of an era, dude. Yeah. This is this started what in 2007? 13 years later, we're finally getting the end of this story. And 40 some years later, we're getting the last bits. Of the Skywalker story. That's why I, I see this not saying that this episode is, uh, and there's any negative in this episode, mm -mm. but I almost had this weird sense of dread every sing, seeing every uh, scene in that. You can't montage. even talk right now. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, God, <laughs> Anakin. Seeing, <laughs> just seeing everything leading up. And then, like, you get to the point where Ahsoka looks at her master or former master. And says, good luck. Yeah. And it almost, for us as the audience, it falls on deaf ears because it's like, we know there's no good luck for him yeah. going into Coruscant. I He's wonder, going to fall to the dark side. Do you think that's the last time she'll see him? No, I think, I, I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Because like. Because she doesn't see him again until. Until Rebels. Until Rebels. Until she figures out that basically. Which is probably one of the single greatest moments in Star Wars Rebels. Yes. Oh, and and if you think about it now, it puts puts it in that per, picture, uh, perfect picture frame of Ahsoka's feelings. Though the apprentice rebels. lives, the apprentice lives, oh, and then okay. and then Ahsoka coming to the realization that that's Anakin. Yeah, and then powerful stuff. Man. Why she? That's why in Rebels she blames herself 
Because think about it. The last time she sees, uh, she sees Anakin. She rejects him, essentially. She rejected him. Yeah. And then it puts it all into perspective when she says, I'm not leaving you again. Man, that's... It's powerful that's, stuff, it's, dude. dude. So much emotions. It's so good. Like, I'm not kidding. After I, I watched this episode, I went back and watched the season ending of Rebels where Ahsoka finally faces off against Darth Vader. And this makes... It makes so much sense now. Like, we always wondered, well, what... Why Did does Ahsoka say during this? the final episode or the final season? Oh, no, not the final season. Uh, the, season the, the, season, the season finale. Oh, It yeah, was the yeah. season finale. Yeah. And, like... It makes so much sense because before this, those were the questions that I had. It's kind of like, what does Ahsoka mean? I'll never leave you again. The, the, the feeling of Anakin's hate towards Ahsoka, where he basically says, then you'll die. When, he, when she says, I'm not leaving you. And then he says, well, you'll die then. And it's just this filled with hate. It makes so much sense now when you put this into perspective of the last meeting they had, Anakin tried to tell in his own way how much he missed Ahsoka and Ahsoka rebuked him. And then you put it into perspective about like what, what happens after this? He thinks Obi-Wan betrays him. He thinks Padme betrays him. Oh, Padme. He just basically at the end, the Padme one, just like what you said, Padme, not Padme. Padme. He did it again. I did it again. But like that, that moment was the, the, the moment that broke the, the straw that broke the camel's back yeah. on Anakin. But I always hear, we always hear about the straw that broke the camel's back, but what about the straw that broke the camel toe? <laughs> does that ever happen? Is that ever a thing? Well, maybe the camel toe is really sensitive. Yeah, but it is sometimes. You can, you can kind of tickle it with, yeah. A, yeah. with some straw. The knuckles sometimes are sensitive. <laughs> All right, Dave, anything you want to say before we let's just move into final thoughts. All right. Um, <laughs> I'll start here. Okay. It's a 97%. It is a near perfect episode, maybe even perfect. If I sat down and watched it again, it is everything. Star Wars emotion wise, action wise, writing wise. It is Star Wars. There's nothing that's not Star Wars about this. When people say, well, what is Star Wars? When you say what's Star Wars, watch this episode. Watch you're this like, episode. holy shit, I get, I get it. I know what you're saying. Everything was just perfectly mapped out from beginning to end. And I am looking forward to seeing the end of the Siege of Mandalore and Clone Wars. Dave, your thoughts. I dare you to throw something at me because I'm going to say it. One, zero, zero. It's a hundred. One, zero, zero. <laughs> it's a hundred. This is, this is what Star Wars is all about. It's that was about- the douchiest thing you've ever said, I think, on this network. <laughs> I'm going to give it one, zero, zero, zero. Point one. <laughs> point one. I'll give it a point one, zero, zero. <laughs> Just to add to it. But, uh, you know... In all seriousness, this is what Star Wars is all about. It's about Shakespearean tales. It's about epic moments that we all get giddy over. And it's what we should have gotten in the new pre, uh, new new trilogy. All right. But that's a, that's that's a, a tale for another show. <laughs> but just every single not just a nostalgia moment, but it fits so perfectly with the narrative and the writing and 
the animation what the dude, fight scenes so in cinematic, this cinematic dude the fight scenes in this are fantastic okay hold on we forgot to talk about this so i'm gonna interrupt you for a second dave and just pipe in okay, okay. and we'll go right back to your final thoughts okay so we had forgot to mention that Ray Park was in fact brought back in. We had mentioned this in a in a show, I want to say a year ago, that they were going to use Ray Park. Well, in this episode and every episode afterwards, when you're watching Darth Maul fly around, that's Ray Park mocapped. Yep. And not only that, Sam Witwer in an interview had said that stepping into the studio stepping in into the booth again and there was something totally different about this final season the feeling the confidence everything about Dave Filoni because this is a man now that has dabbled in within the live action within the cinematic and he says that that cinematic quality and vibe is now all over the final episodes of yes. the Wars oh, it because is. of Filoni's experience and we saw it in this episode. <laughs> you know, you sounded like you were going to cry there, Mike. Dude, it is so <laughs> because I love cinema, dude. And to see the camera movements. And there were times when I'm just, in fact, after about two minutes, I forget we're watching a cartoon because it's just so cinematic. It's so cinematic. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. So just with all of that, that's why this is so far, so far, because we still got three episodes left. So far, this is the best Clone Wars episode in this season. It gives you those feels. It gets you set. It made it makes me want to watch Revenge of the Sith again to kind of continue the narrative that we're seeing. Well, I watch oh, it all okay. the time anyways, but yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it again. Yeah, and it makes me want to watch Rebels. Yeah, it, it also it makes did. me want to look for Ahsoka fan fiction as well <laughs> later tonight. Or Ahsoka, you know, adult photos. Adult? Hey, is there is there any hot cosplay chicks that oh, have, yeah. that have yeah, there cosplayed is. her? There is. Oh wow. I've seen it. You're such a pervert that you know. I, I don't care. I don't care. I love Ahsoka. If if don't even say it. Yeah, don't even I'm All not right. even gonna go there. I'm not I just I, I'm gonna have a short circuit thinking about Ahsoka naked. So oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, we need to wrap this discussion. I want to thank everybody for listening and bearing through our pervertedness. I do not uh, condone David's depraved joke <laughs> it's all his fault i never said i've never said anything like that just wait till rosario dawson becomes ahsoka oh i want to have sex with her <laughs> oh what are you doing david why would you say stuff like that all right we need to wrap this discussion i want to thank everybody for listening and good night thank you dave may the force be with us oh, yes. <laughs>